Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Friday, May 29th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it right here on the early line on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Kevin Walsh, and that's what we do every morning. We put the fun in functional sports content. Kevin, I feel like we have been opening the show the same way for the last couple of weeks. You know, I continue to say the devil is in the details, and it may Major League Baseball, you know, obviously this back and forth about how to, you know, shoulder the load in terms of the cuts in revenue, the pay for the athletes. They had this prorated deal back in March, and now they're trying to figure it out. Obviously, each game that they do play will generate less revenue now because we know there will be no fans in the stands. And the interesting part, I mean, we saw yesterday, right, that the big money players are going to take the biggest haircut, at least in the Major League Baseball proposal. And what I thought was interesting, Kevin, is that Max Scherzer kind of came out as one of the, you know, high-paid players. And in essence, you know, his message was like solidarity. We're not going to get them to kind of have a fracture between, you know, veteran and rookie or lower-paid and high-paid. The players are a union, and they're kind of saying like, hey, nice try, owners, but you're not going to crack us that easy. While I... You know, I admire the position Scherzer is taking. I do not admire the fact that it doesn't look like this is going to help us get baseball anytime soon. Yeah, uh, we spoke about this a bit, you know, yesterday from all the different angles. um, And, you know, kind of this Max Scherzer tweet and and some ideas on how they potentially could counter, um, you know, give us a lot more information to get into. I was very, very pleased to see that, you know, quite instantly the, you know, Players Association, because Max Scherzer actually is – Um, a big member of the Players Association. They did not allow the attempt to pit the players against one another that the MLB owners tried to do to work Mm -hmm. at all. And immediately shutting that down was a very, very good sign from a player's perspective with that. And honestly, I don't even know if there's a world where that idea like works and we get baseball. Like all that would have done is muddied up different arguments and the owners maybe could have said, look, it's all their fault, but it was never going to help us make progressive steps. I think towards actually getting a season back. I will say, you know, Dane, one of the things that you and I, um, you know, are are rare disagreements, I think has come on the idea that the MLB is on an even footing with the rest of these leagues when it comes Mm. to returning. Right. And to me, I just find this to be, Uh, you know, a further implication that they are significantly behind. I know that the MLB um, is trying to figure things out like the rest of them, but with the NBA, there's a number of different details that we are so much further ahead on, I feel like, compared to baseball. I understand, you know, we spoke to George Kirch yesterday, gave us a ton of great insight on Mm -hmm. the NHL and their plans, and the fact that they gave us a plan without being positive they're going to play, you might say, is a little foolish, but I think it also shows the fact that they were able to agree to a plan And people are like, no, this is a good idea. Without being sure if they're going to play, I think shows that they're so much farther ahead than where Major League Baseball is. You know, I hear you, Kev. I really do. Okay? But for me, like, the money is clearly the hot-button issue. 
in Major mm-hmm. League Baseball, right? You don't hear people going back and forth about like, oh, the DH should be, not be in the National League, right? Or, oh, the division mm-hmm. realignment, I don't like. This is about the money, okay? Yeah. And I guess my question is, have we heard anything from the NBA players about what it looks like for their money that they're not going to play these 18 regular season games? Like, have we heard anything one way or the other, right? So I agree with you, right? It, MLB has a, it's a bad look. It's a bad look right now, whether it's Scherzer talking, whether it's Snell talking, whether it's Trout talking. I get that. I agree with you. I just think that this happens to be a specific lightning rod, and the fact that we just haven't heard about that yet in the NBA or in the NHL, for me, doesn't mean that the issue is not there. That's all I'm saying. You know, Kev, like w- this idea of if they play the 18 regular season games, we mm-hmm. haven't heard much about that, but well, that's going to be players' money, right? Well, and well, it's we, just weird that we haven't we, – we don't have a decision. We don't have clarity, and we haven't heard players respond to that yet. Well, one of the things George mentioned yesterday applies to both of these sports because they're on such comparable timelines. He's like, ah, are people going to really worry about coming coming back when they've already got seven of eight paychecks? And that is – see, that's the thing is baseball is at a massive disadvantage here. Like the NBA and the NHL are both have a leg up in that regard that a lot of these guys have actually been paid. And also – One of the things I know for a fact at the NBA, I've seen Jared Dudley talk about it, is like getting back and trying to create revenue because that how important that is to next year's salary cap. Like Mm. the NBA players are seemingly more aware of it, plus have already been paid for 90 percent almost of this season where these these players in the MLB, I think, are still so far behind. Like, that's why I think we're hearing so much about the financials, because for the most part, if we didn't return for the NBA or didn't return for the NHL, which is the case for seven NHL teams, financially, they're like, totally get it, no problem. Right. You know, I think you make a good point, the fact that the NHL and the NBA are further down the path, right? So they've already received whatever percentage is of their total compensation for that year, for that contract. I get that. You know, maybe... We need to look at a sport like MLS, for example, right? That have, they played maybe two of their like 34 games that they were supposed to play. So similar more towards baseball, like they haven't made the mu- the amount that they were going to make this year, right? So maybe there we wonder what it means for their pay. But, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I just think that because we haven't heard it yet doesn't mean that there's not issues that could potentially bubble to the surface. Another thing we heard, though, Kevin, from Major League Baseball, and again, this is something I mentioned a few weeks back, one of the ways the players could, you know, counter, right, in terms of getting more of their cash is playing more games. We've been talking about this 80-82 game season, and if you remember, I was like, eh, maybe the players will say, nah, because this would help them with public opinion, right? If it's the idea of coming to normalcy and getting back to the game, well, the players can kind of play the good guys and be like, no, we'll play more. We'll do the doubleheaders, because that also means, you know, a, a greater numerator in however they figure out the prorating of the salaries. And, you know, we are now getting word, Kev, that yes, the MLB Players Association counterproposal may include, you know, finding a way to play as many as 100 games, which would also obviously allow them to get a bigger chunk of those prorated salaries. Yeah, and I think that, you know, something that you and I have again talked about, and we both do certainly agree on, is that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, I don't believe 
that Major League Baseball's timeline anymore should be a situation where they're like, oh, awesome, we're going to be back July 4th. Even if it yeah. does seem like where the NBA and the NHL are going to be back later in July, maybe mm-hmm. even early August, yeah, we've said heard. That too. I don't know how much they're really going to be taking advantage. Like, the more I look at this, right, they're going to be going up against. Now, you can argue how, you know, baseball versus these other sports is in popularity, but you're going up against the NBA and the NHL's postseason. You're significantly behind there. Then you right. go up against the NFL. That's mm-hmm. also a massive hit. And then college football, like this window for the MLB to come in and completely take advantage right. of this being a, a, a wasteland, if you will, in terms of fresh sports TV content here in the States is dwindling. And it's, and it's dwindling very, very quickly. Yep. So my point of saying all of this is just play as many games as possible. Like the idea that you need to ramp this up and speed it up, you need to figure out the financials of all of this. And if the players are saying we're willing to play more games, I think one of the things you alluded to there, first of all, it looks great for them. Because they're like, look, we In the court of public opinion, right? Right. You can't then paint them with the brush that they don't want to play if they're saying we want more games. You, you then, it's just a complete lie, right? Like, the only people who believe in that are people who want to believe it, basically, right? So that doesn't work here. Whatever the, the amount of games is, right? Like, we've seen that in the NBA. It's like 72 games, right, if they were to try and satisfy TV right. contracts. Whatever that number is for Major League Baseball, try and work towards that. That is how you can try and find some level of common ground, potentially, between these two sides. Yeah, and listen, we made the point early in the week, last week, time is ticking, okay? Mm -hmm. Time is absolutely ticking. I continue to try to backwards plan from that July 4th holiday. And if you need, if you're gonna try and have an opening day there, right, flags flying, the planes flying overhead, the ceremonial aspects for the feeling of the public and all that good stuff, you need to backwards plan like what, three weeks maybe for spring training. So we need to have, you know, teams reporting and spring training happening in like two weeks. Okay, so agreements have to be, you know, T's crossed, I's dotted pretty soon. I remember telling you last week, Kevin, that this was going to be a very big week if they hope to reach a deadline that would enable even a half of a season. So it is interesting, the idea that, you know, does this divide the players? Max Scherzer comes out and says no, but... You know, I, I say the same thing like in the NBA. I keep on saying, remember, it was like 75% of players definitely want to play. What if you are someone who for valid reasons is in that 25%? Whether it's because your mother that lives with you has a compromised immune system or because you're in 11th place in the conference and it doesn't make sense for you to take the risk if there's no championship potential. You know, I mean, we are going to get through that and come down to that on some level mm-hmm. when we start to get to the details of these plans. But speaking of which, Kev, yeah. there's like three different plans now for the NBA. We Can I ask you about- one more baseball question, though, yeah, that yeah. I've seen some people circulating that yeah. I'd, I'd really like to get your take on Sure, is the idea of minor leaguers. Because I think there's right. been this idea, right, because people have always loved to do this. Ah, we don't need them. Give me- I, think that's, I think that's a bold-faced lie. That people think that they could just replace these guys with AAA and AA baseball players and that that would be successful from a quality of play standpoint, from an interest standpoint, and from a PR standpoint. I think they are all disasters. Yeah, I agree. 
I don't think that'll happen. Like replacement players, scabs. We've seen this in the NFL. Um, I guess maybe a little bit even before your time in the 80s, uh, Kevin. And we've seen it before. But no, I don't think it's what, that's what's going to happen. I do think, you know, every proposal I've seen at least has the idea of the taxi squad, right? The expanded roster and, you know, having 30 spots on the major league roster and maybe up to a as many as another 20 in like this taxi squad. Cause remember, however they play this season, you know, the risk of injury, if there's no minor leagues, they're going to have to have this taxi squad of guys that are eligible to go back and forth. Yet another detail that needs to be worked out. But I do believe, you know, the, Triple A squad at least will be somewhat absorbed into the taxi squad of these major league teams. And I don't think there's going to be, I think that kind of makes sense, but I don't think there's going to be minor league baseball. I understand major league players for millions of dollars and television networks, but there's no such driver in minor league baseball. So I do think, unfortunately, similar to like the Little League World Series got canceled. American Ninja Warrior, I don't see. I think major minor league baseball will go the same route. When we come back on the other side of the break, though, Kev, we're seeing now multiple proposals of what it could look like to crown an NBA champion. We'll dig into those, see which ones we like, see which ones are more feasible when we come back. We're off and running. It's the early line, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid. I'm Danny's Kevin, and we're trying to figure out how to take advantage of and find value in the way these leagues are returning to play. I mean, yesterday, Kev, we had George Kurtz on, right? And he mm -hmm. talked about the 2014 NHL playoff and how, listen, uh, a hot goalie can start to dominate there, right? And there are teams that were not in the draw the way it would have looked, but now... Oh, how do you, what do you know? The Some of the original six get in, right? The Canadians happen to get in. The Blackhawks happen to be above the line. The Rangers mm. happen to be above the line. And I don't know if that's part of the thinking here in the NBA to expand the format, but it looks like in the NBA, you know, we talked about maybe reseeding one through 16. I lamented, what does that mean about my Eastern Conference futures bets? But it seems like there's a lot of other proposals out there, Kev, um, in terms of how to organize the way the NBA crowns a champion. Why don't you tell us about one? So th there's there's a couple of different ideas out there. I would say the most drastic one, right? We can go from most drastic maybe sure. to, to most timid, uh, is the idea of a World Cup format. Now, this is very, very interesting. And yeah. the more you read up on this, the more you kind of go, all right. So one of the things that this stems from is the fact that Adam Silver has been on record a number of times talking about his envy for the style the, right. that the World Cup operates in. The kind in of round soccer. robin. Yeah, just the drama of it all he seems to be incredibly uh, gravitated and pulled in towards. Um, so basically how this would work is they would take the top 20 teams in the NBA, which gives us the first eight from the East, and then we're going to get the next four from the West that would join them, being the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Spurs. 
They would divide them up into groups of five. There'd be tiers, or groups of four, rather, with five tiers, I believe it was. Yep. And they would then be tiered just simply based on record. So your top four teams would be the Bucks, the Lakers, the Raptors, and the Clippers, so on and so forth. And they would do a, for anybody that's never watched the World Cup, you would play the other four teams in your group right. twice. And, you know, so that, you know, you have your, have your matches and, and whatnot. And then the top two records from those sets of games mm-hmm. would then advance. Right. That would give us eight teams advancing. Right. And we'd go on from there. From there. Uh, that is, I, I would probably say, the simplest way I think I could put it. Yeah, I mean, it is very similar to, like you mentioned, how soccer draws from a tournament, right? Mm-hmm. They'll put the four, top four teams together, and one of those four teams will be in each group. Then they'll line up the next you know, teams five through eight. One of those teams will be in each group. Same thing with teams nine through 12, 13 through 16, and then finally 17 through 20, right? There'll be a little bit of randomness to it because it is a draw, and right. then you'll have four five-team groups. They'll play a little bit of a round-robin, so that's eight games, right, against the other four teams in your group. And then the top two teams from each of those groups would make up the top eight, and then it would be a knockout kind of bracket for those final eight teams. Now, that's one way of doing it. But, Kevin, we've also just explored not allowing extra teams to be in there, looking at the standings right now and having the playoff qualifiers but not having an Eastern or a Western conference, right? Having them just reseeded one through 16. We talked about this and it creates some interesting matchups, right? Like the idea of the Lakers and the Nets and a cross country uh, kind of series. And so the conferences are violated there. We've talked about some interesting paths. What do you think about that format as opposed to this World Cup draw, you know, group stage? It's to me... I, I've, I've started to feel like it is the most likely scenario. The one through 16. Yes. Now, there are other people who feel like the 20-team scenario maybe is more likely. Um, to, the reason why I think the 16-team thing has legs, I'm not per- – personally, it's, it wouldn't be my first choice, um, but is the idea that they've always wanted to do it. They've always wanted to see if they can right. scrap the conferences and we get to the playoffs and have the best 16 teams. A lot of that due to the back heaviness of the West. Yet nobody will look themselves in the mirror and acknowledge that it's the damn lottery, which is the reason why this happens. It's how the worst record ever Bobcats get Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and not Anthony Davis. And it's how, yeah. your, how your precious New York Knicks stay, unfortunately, at the bottom mm-hmm. and miss out on Zion Williamson as he goes to New Orleans. The lottery is actually not as beneficial as people think. It, it, it's cool, but it leads to it's helped this heavy West. With all that being said, the fact that they basically have always wanted to do it, they have major hurdles out of the way. The first and most important one is the lack of travel. You bring up that Lakers net series. It is the right. exact reason why this is very, very difficult. The fact that you would have to go game four from Brooklyn to L.A., game five from L.A. to Brooklyn, and if it somehow got to seven. Well, aren't like, all these happening in, like, the hub cities, though? And that's why. Oh, okay. That's why this could work, because now – all of the travel concerns are alleviated. Everybody's in the same place, so they can do it without a hitch. And then the other big thing that works for them in terms of executing it this year is just the idea that they don't have to eliminate the magic 
for the Blazers or that they would have to take out two Eastern Conference teams for two Western Conference teams because the Magic do happen to have a better record than the Blazers, meaning it would be an even 8-8 eight and eight split between the East and the West right now. Yeah, the Magic by, by only a game, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was close. The Magic, just to reset this, and we have the standings up, the Magic has the eighth seed in the East right now are 30 and 35. Five games under, that's a winning percentage of 462. Okay, eighth place in the West is Memphis right now. They're only one game under. But as you mentioned, the Blazers, who are ninth, they're 29 and 37, a winning percentage of 439. Just underneath, they'd only be a game, a game and a half back of Orlando if they were to do this just 16 best records in the NBA. But you know what's so interesting to me? If they're going to do that, um, moving forward, then they got to balance out the schedule, right? Because you yes. can't have the Western having a tougher schedule and their record being compared apples to apples against the team in the Eastern Conference. So that's one caveat that they would have to work out for me. I got to find I find it interesting, though, Kevin, we talk about this World Cup kind of draw. MLS is looking to do the same kind of thing with a little tournament. It seems like this idea of the round robin knockout stage is very sexy to American leagues. And that I find that interesting. But the funny part is, what percent chance would you put right now that it's just the way it should be? One through eight in the East, they play each other. One through eight in the West, they play each other. Say Orlando, Vegas, whatever the Truman Show bubbles are. Like, what about that? We're talking about this, you know, tinkering. What about just playing it out? Like, is that option even still on the table? I, I mean, it's definitely on the table. Although it seems to be, again, it just, I, it's this weird thing where you ever, you know, like you put a kid in a room with a bunch of toys and he's right. going to play with something. And that seemingly is what ha is what's happening here. I, I don't know, you know, Dan, the more, the more that I've thought about this too, I've thought about the fact that you have made your conference odds bets. Like we've gone through this whole, like right. the, all of this has been done through the prisms of the conferences, right? Yeah. Like you'd almost have a better argument. It's funny how this works, right? But I've said that the idea of them reseeding works because they're not going to pull a, a ninth West team in and right. pull out the eighth Eastern conferencing. But the fact that it is already done that way, the swap is a little over the top, especially because you're getting some repeat matches anyway. Clippers, Mavericks, uh, Celtics versus Sixers. They're staying the same within this resetting some, yeah. as it is. I think that because you've gone through with the conferences, because the biggest thing that you mentioned there is also the balancing of schedules, because it is mm -hmm. twofold, right? Like the back end of the West is certainly stronger. But I right. would also like if the argue, Blazers played the Magic schedule. Mm -hmm. Would they not be have one of the best sixteen records? I think they probably would. Probably, but this is the other part of it, though, right? Is we're also not giving enough credit to the top six that is the Eastern Conference. Like without having the 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 NBA title odds up in front of me, right? Like I know yeah. the Lakers and the Clippers are yeah, certainly above the rest of the the East, but the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, and the Sixers are all teams. And more so the Sixers above the Pacers. But those are all teams that have relatively high odds. Like, that top six has been very dominant. And that's what leads to a team like the Wizards or even the Magic who are in struggling so far behind. Yeah. Where I would say, on a, on a more nightly basis, the Utah Jazz or the Variance Rockets, right, or the Unexpecting Thunder mm -hmm. are a little bit more beatable, which allows the Kings to have a bit better record right. than 
the Bulls. Sure. No, and absolutely, I agree with you. So if they are going to ultimately to crown a champion for the second season, right, uh, lump them all together, then they have to make the schedule kind of lump together so that there's fidelity to strength of schedule. Um, and the fact that they are switching horses midstream potentially, I think, does, you know, raise a valid competitive balance uh, beef that, that someone could have. And, you know, it's also no... I don't think it's any surprise that if you add these four teams in the West to the playoffs, right? Oh, then all of a sudden, Damian Lillard is in there. So his public comments about, I ain't going to play if I ain't got a chance, that becomes a moot point. He would have a chance, so he has no excuse. The 10 seed would be New Orleans, right, to get into this 16 plus four. Oh, what do you know? Then the draw that is Zion Williamson makes the playoffs, right? And we could, you know, sell jerseys and have people watching it on TV. What do you know? To a lesser extent, if you bring in the bottom four in the West, you also get the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I understand that they're not sexy on a lot of levels, but having Greg Popovich, having another one of the kind of standard bearer franchise, you know, that the perennial contenders in there always helps. You know, so I don't think it's any big surprise that, you know, if it were like the Timberwolves and the Suns and it happened to be the Hornets, you know, I don't know that that would move the needle as much. I don't know that the NBA would be bending over backwards to include them in their proposal. So the other part of the the World Cup thing that yeah. is worth mentioning is that that format gives them 80, essentially, first-round games. The current format i believe in the in the research that i was doing i believe it was somewhere in the 40ish to 50ish game range that was played last year under the current format Tennis king. because of sweeps and different things so the fact that they would basically be able to have 80 first round games mm -hmm. and them and they would all be pretty high stakes right like maybe that last day of, of group matches right you would have two teams playing one another that are mathematically eliminated. Sure. sure, understandable. But you would, of course, be able to have another game on at the same time that would right. give you great intrigue. That is one of the biggest sticking points, I do believe, of the World Cup, is that you would get the four teams at the back end of the West that you do clearly want in, right. and you are generating somewhere between 25 to 30 extra games all right so let's see what might happen with some of those extra games we'll do that when we come back trying to find some value in what might be the nba playoff format come on back after this dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back into the early line here, putting the fun in functional sports content while we give you the edge at the same time, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And we're looking at this NBA proposal, right? It's very interesting. All the more reason, Kev, to talk about the devil in the details. We don't know. We don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if it's 1 through 16. I don't know if it'll look like 
what it used to look like with distinct conferences. My futures bets hope it does. And now we're exploring this World Cup draw, group stage, knockout idea. And one point that you made I think is very important, Kev. You know, in this pandemic, the NFL has been lucky, right? Because things like the NFL draft, Things like releasing the schedule, right? Things like random elements of the league calendar and league business have gotten huge ratings. Mm -hmm. And one of the points you're making is if they go ahead and do this kind of soccer style, pot one, pot two, pot three, draw to make up groups, I'll watch it. When they put it on TV, I mean, we watch Kevin when they randomly pull ping pong balls out of a, you know, out of a little can for the draft position, right? Right. This would be no different, and I think it would generate a huge audience. The question is, would it be fair? Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's no doubt it would generate a huge audience, right? right? Like, I always try and take the temperature on things because I know, you know. There's a reason, right, that I'm on be betting around the rim here at the network, right? Like, I love basketball. Sure. Um, but, the, I mean, the drama of it all, right? Like, the idea that a, you would randomly figure out who your first-round playoff matchups would be is mm -hmm. such a foreign concept right. to the NBA and really, you know, U.S. sports entirely that I think it would do, only do an incredible number. Like, the Lakers' first-round matchup will be the menace, you know, whatever it might right, be, right, right. the Memphis Grizzlies, like, just like, all right, cool, cool. Cause then all of a sudden, right. You start sitting there you go, okay, this is this, this is this, this is this. It's comparable to the March Madness show, right. That we also never yeah. got. And I'm sure people wish we still in some degree yeah. got, is it fair? Yeah, tough call because here's the one thing that anybody watching the world cup knows. Mm -hmm. There's a group of death Absolutely. every time. Always. Right. Okay. So you can go through these random simulators and you will find yourself with a group of death. One thing that has also been talked about if they're going to do this, and it is the most NBA petty, like storyline creating thing that you can totally see being a thing is to give some level of extra value to the strong regular seasons that the top four teams had, once again, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Raptors, and the Clippers, right. we allow them to draft their groups. Meaning, Bucks, you're on the clock. Who do you want? I don't know if they necessarily have to go, like you're getting one team per tier, which yeah. probably would be the fairest thing. Um, the, the idea that you and I can then start to do a fantasy draft of, <laughs> how you draft your opponents right. is is crazy to think, but it would be, I mean, it'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, it opens up Pandora's box, Kev, right? Because yeah. the way we've talked about it, especially with the inclusion of the final four, right, to make 20, right? Mm -hmm. You would have your, let's call it uh, pot one. That's the way they call it for, like, uh, soccer, right? And the pot one would be the four best teams, like you said, Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, Raptors. Now, ironically, there would be four additional pots to choose from, right? So they could have it, you know, in the, in the records right now, it's Bucks one, Lakers two, Raptors three, Clippers four, right? So what they could do is in tier two, right? The Bucks get their first pick, then the Lakers, then the Raptors, and the Clippers are left. Then when they're picking the tier three teams, well, this time they just rotate. Lakers get the first pick, then the Raptors, then the Clippers, and the Bucks 
were left out. Then in their tier four teams, okay, this time the Raptors get the first choice, then the Clippers, then the Bucks, then the Lakers, and you round it off within the final pot you know, the Clippers getting their first choice. <clears throat> That's a bridge too far for me, Kevin. That's wild. That's a little bit too much. I got to tell you the truth, you know, but you make a good point about the group of death, right? If it was a random draw, the way ping pong balls are, the way they do it in soccer, you know, you'd have the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, and Clippers, right? Then the tier two teams happen to be the Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat. Whoever you thought was the easiest matchup, of those four. And reasonable yeah. people can disagree, right? Call it the Jazz, okay? Now, let's say the Jazz winds up with the Bucks. Yeah. Mm, then the Bucks would have the easiest of the Tier 2 teams. It's also possible that, you know, the Tier 3 teams are OKC, Houston, uh, Indy, and Philly. Call Indy the easiest of those four. There's a universe where the Bucks wind up with the Pacers in their group as well. Or on the flip side, let's say you think the Celtics are the hardest. The Clippers could round up with the Celtics. And let's say you think the Rockets are the hardest in Team 3. They could wound up with them also, creating, as you mentioned, the group of death. Same thing where, where there's a range of these Tier 4 teams. Someone's going to get the toughest. Someone's going to get the easiest. And if... Um, you know, those were unbalanced. That's where you get your group of death. And it is possible that then the eight games you'd play in that group stage would be a lot tougher mm -hmm. than, say, one of the other one seeds. So it is possible. It is very interesting. It would do a huge number. If right. I put a gun to your head, Kevin, oh, how don't. Would the NBA champion be crowned in August? Basically, I, I am I'm just doing my best to read what people are putting putting out there i have to i i just have to lean towards the the 20 teams the back four of the west coming with coming along some play-in tournament happening i don't fully comprehend the play-in tournament because right. what are, like if those four teams play and then what like so well, i guess Memphis I has to get pulled into it orlando's gonna have to probably get pulled into right. it my understanding, and it could be wrong, was in that universe they take seven through ten in both conferences, right? So it's not going to be that. They're going to just take. They're going to take nine through twelve from the West. They don't. Right. They don't care about the Wizards. They don't care about the Hornets. They don't right. care about the Bulls. So in that universe, right? What I think would happen is the Blazers and Pelicans would play like, say, the Mavericks and Grizzlies as like a play-in thing. Imagine like the first four that happens on a Tuesday in Dayton before March Madness, okay? And then the Kings and the Spurs would play the Nets and the Magic, in essence, okay, to get the back end of that tournament. And, you know, because that would then, you know, get Dame Dollar invested in having to come back and play. I, I'll I'll say if Adam Silver could do whatever he wanted, it'd have to be this World Cup group stage. Because the other, I, I've been vehemently against this because I just think it's such a, it's almost like we're playing a whole different game if we bring this on. But there's no argument to be had that this thing is not interesting and is not fascinating. One of the other things that it talked about in terms of advantages, right? Like no matter where you, you know, no matter how you want to skin this cat, the Bucks are playing the Magic in the first round for a nice four-game sweep. That honestly is a whole lot of whatever. Like I can only be entered. Interesting note, though, they want to do seven games. When you say four games, yes, I think it's yes. important to note. Also, we're not talking three-game sweeps anymore. It looks right. like the priority will to be to have these series be best of seven. 
Right. The fact that basically now the first round matchup would say, yeah, the Bucks might have two games against the Magic, but they've also got six other games against other interesting matchups, all again then with a lot more high stakes. And what's what's funny is, right, you might be like, um, oh, like round of seven, like that's a lot to do each time. Each team now is also going to be playing eight games in the first round. Like the fact that that would mm, be uniform. Right. The round robin. Is, is interesting because it could also help. Everyone's going to be playing eight games. So it also helps everybody kind of get back to form a little bit. Right. That's how you can have kind of the runway, not have the dregs of the standings be involved, right? Yeah. And still have everybody on equal footing in terms of their ramp up to play. And if you put it at that way, right, they're going to play eight games in this round robin. Then if it's the top two from each group, you know, we're at, we're at the round of eight. We're already at the conference semis, right? And so what that has done is taken out a round of playoffs, so you make up those games in that way as well. It's very, very interesting. We're definitely going to talk about it more. I do want to bring up this other element, though, Kevin. We talked about the best of seven series. There's one other intriguing element of the uh, evolution of these plans, right? One of the things we've been saying is when we do these Truman Show bubbles, are these athletes just going to be quarantined from their families for three months? Well, no, no, no. It seems like part of the policy would be to have a limited amount of the family members of the players also inside of the bubble, right? So on the one hand, that could help player anxiety and concerns. But Kevin, on the other side, it just increases the risk. There's more people you have to test. There's more people that could cough on you. There's more people who could be asymptomatic. So do you like this for kind of emotional reasons or do you not like this for risk and health reasons. So I understand it because they are saying that this is something that the players are vocalizing wanting. And it Devil shows you know, that they're continuing to listen to what the players want. I think the biggest thing is this lets you know that the cap of this is 20 teams. Where there's no, there's no way the Knicks are showing up here, the Cavs are showing up here, the Hawks are showing up. Because if they're going to be doing this family stuff, like, you can't then also bring 30 teams' families who are also going to be there for five games. It's not happening. So that's one of the things I can at least tell you I feel confident in, Dane, right, is that we're completely done with the idea of the back end of the standings okay. coming. Is this worth it? It's it's this weird thing to me, like, where I just don't know enough about I mean, they're going to be going under all of the same testing to make sure that they are on a regular basis safe and can be there and all of these mm -hmm. things if these athletes believe it to be some level of necessary for them to be able to do what what they're then going to be doing you kind of have to work with them on that it's like this is the, the other thing that i've long been trying to you know when you think about coronavirus right and you try and understand the risks of all of this right is like if everybody gets in positive right and everyone's supposed to be staying in the bubble Right. Then, like, is it that much of a risk? Although Jared Dudley, and again, I don't know. Jared of course, Dudley it's a Spencer's risk because people get tested and are negative, and there's false tests out there. You hear the news? They're course. not reliable, True. or it doesn't show up for like another three days. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. they're gonna have to test these people, including the family members now, daily. Right, and you're talking about that's a lot more tests than that you're gonna be needing. Yeah. And, you know, so that means if what they're really going to do this. Random cleaning lady in the hotel is supposed to be on the bubble, but finds her way out. 
I mean, look, Jared Dudley sent out a tweet saying that the idea of the bubble is overblown and we're going to be able to move around more than people think. And, like, you know, you might say, what does Jared Dudley know? Jared Dudley's on the Lakers. Jared Dudley's been around a long time. Jared yeah. Dudley has his sources. I believe that. So I hope they're better than Spencer Dinwiddie's, though, because that has been <laughs> a moving target. I'm going to tell you, the biggest thing for me is, will my Eastern Conference futures bets hold or will I be returned some cash? Because I feel good about them right now, but I digress. Hey, Kevin, when we come back, we turn our attention to our adopted sport, Bundesliga. We'll give a look at that when we come back. We're off and running. It's the early line. Giving you the edge right here on Sports Group. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back into the early line here on Sports Grid, putting the fun in functional sports content as always. I'm Dane, he's Kevin, and you see we have our guy Martino Puccio with us as well from Free Kick on the network, gave us some plays already last week, so we bring him in. Martino, there's news to discuss. You know, in the weeks past, we've been talking about Bundesliga, right, as that first league to return. That's where all the action has been. But we're getting word, England, the Premier League, La Liga in Spain. These leagues are now following the blueprint out in Germany. And it looks like they're returning to action pretty soon as well. Yeah, June 17th the date that they decided on. And uh, look, I, I was not surprised in the slightest on this. I said this on Free Kick. This was the one league, without a shadow of a doubt, that wanted to come back, was absolutely going to come back. I didn't have any doubts about it. There's just too much on the line for this league mm. in terms of uproar from fans and Liverpool not getting their first ever Premier League trophy. That alone on that, there's TV deals that they have with NBC over here, the Sky deal that they have, uh, which is basically their ESPN out there. It has crazy numbers. There's a lot of teams that depend upon money for the Champions League. There's teams that depend upon money for staying in the Premier League alone, uh, along with relegation, because there's a lot of sides. And we mentioned all the financial implications last time I was on this. Like This was very important that they had to get this done. I think they waited a, a perfect amount of time for this. And now uh, teams have been training. Uh, guys have been at home for that stuff. So June 17th is a, is a perfect and reasonable time for them to come back. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Liverpool and their title because despite being 25 points clear and this whole thing being locked up now, you mean you're more familiar with the Premier League than myself, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I try and stay locked in. And the fact that like the old guard are like, no, 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 you can't assume they would have won the title. Yes, you can. That's okay. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, it's very, very close at the bottom. United is three points. Manchester United is three points away from Chelsea for that all important champions league spot. But then Manchester United in that fifth spot where the Europa League is, they're only five points ahead of ninth-slotted Arsenal. And if you want to go as far as six points ahead, the Crystal Palace is at 11. There's a lot of close, close teams here, Martina, when you think about just going from five down to 11. Would you say that that is kind of representative of what you can expect when this league returns? A lot, a lot of close games between pretty even teams. 
I, I think so for the most part, because that's the way the league is anyways, right? Premier League, a lot of the time, outside of, you know, Manchester City last season, Liverpool this season, and whenever United was under Sir Alex Ferguson, you could expect every game to be tight. And, and managers say it all the time, they manage in England, Italy, Spain, Germany, they say Premier League week in, week out is by far the hardest to win. And it's just because no team lets down. There's a lot of teams in different leagues that are like, okay, we got no shot to beat them, right? Like Bengals versus the Chiefs. Bengals know they have no shot to beat the Chiefs. You could pretty much chalk that up. But any given day when a game is one score a lot of the time, like we, again, we saw at RB Leipzig, again, is a perfect example of it. You know, they're getting 16, 17 shots on goal. Even the Dortmund-Bayern Munich game, we saw Dortmund had plenty of chances. They didn't put any of them away, and then Bayern ends up winning by one goal. And, and that's what you can actually expect. And that's what you're going to be expecting a lot in Bundesliga and Premier League because there's a lot of really important spots in terms of financial uh, flexibility for these clubs moving forward that if you get into these competitions like Europa League, staying in the Premier League alone, getting in the Champions League, it could pay dividends for years to come. So I would expect a lot of these games to be close. And Kev, like you said, Manchester United is right there. Like this, this for a long time, the top four spots were almost a given. They've really breathing down their necks at this point, and three points is extremely doable for them to catch up. And they had injury issues with some of their players, like Marcus Rashford, and you could even go over to some uh, some of the guys like Harry Kane for Tottenham Hotspur as well. If they get those guys back and healthy, it completely changes the whole dynamic of the league. All right, Martino, let me ask you this, okay, because we're talking about, you know, Premier League, we're talking about La Liga. There's still games happening, though, in Bundesliga, right? And there's one about to, you know, get going in a couple of hours. Leverkusen (laughs) is the team I want to ask you about because you were high on them. They were scoring goals left and right. Then, of course, I bet them midweek, and, you know, it didn't go so well, Martino. So I want to ask you, because do we go back to the well with Leverkusen or... This is going to be their third match in, what, six days? Seven days? Talk to me about the idea of rest and now with this condensed schedule, what teams are better equipped to handle that? Do I go right back on the Leverkusen bandwagon? You see, this is this is where I got a little weary of it. And I said it yesterday on my Twitter. I was like, you know what? I learned my lesson. I'm not touching any games um, this week. <laughs> I learned it because I was uh, you could ask Kevin. I was a little skeptical of how these teams might play considering the short rest. Yes, they normally do this from time to time where they have shortened weeks where they get three to four days rest. But again, like I mentioned, there's no exhibition matches to get your game fitness up. A lot of these teams aren't taking advantage of the five substitutions as well. There's a lot of guys that have just been, you see, like two to three subs. And Leverkusen was the team that let everybody down this week. So you're not alone there with getting burned like that. Yeah, so I mean, look, every, everybody had, I talked to Davis Maddock as well. He he was thoroughly pissed. I think Gabe Morenci as well. I, I think the whole network was right. let down oh. by Leverkusen. Um, but, but to your question and point yeah I, th- I think it's I, w- I would back off a little bit in terms of money line just because again this is unprecedented territories there's so, some of their best players are younger players they don't really handle it that well we saw it with Dortmund as well that like Erling Holland pulled a, a muscular injury towards the end of the game there like mm. that could potentially happen with Kai Havertz who, who's one of the best players for Leverkusen for mm. me I- I'm weary of that and, and Kevin has mentioned this too Home teams are not playing that well, either. Mm, you know. Right. So, so you can't even rely upon a lot of the things that you used to be able to when those leagues were going on. At this point, you just kind of have to pick your spots and 
And you know what? It, again, if you the beauty of it is if you don't have a strong feeling on a certain game, just go with the draw, man. The draw can pay out big time, you know, because it could go upwards of <laughs> plus 300, like plus 400. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, look, you don't have to be right. You could just get go with your gut a little bit. If you're not 100% sure on it, you don't have to bet it or just play it safe. Let me ask you something, Martino, that you alluded to there, right? Because evidently Leverkusen, what, what was going against them was being at home. Right, Wolfsburg gets him four one away. Like so, I like Leverkusen in, against Freiburg because they're on the road. Like seemingly, that is the, the best case scenario here. And I, you know, also for people you know that that don't know, you're frequently on uh, betting around the rim as well, right? So you have the ability to compare these sports to one another. Do you think what we're seeing with the road teams seemingly having an advantage? I guess if you, if that's what you can call it, do you think that that is something that is maybe fluky? unique to soccer or actually could be something that is a lesson for us as we then get back to a lot more sports here in the States. I think it's unique to soccer because you could see it in the champions league a lot too. This is one of the main things. Cause I know you guys both bet that whenever a team returns home, you're like, this isn't over until they go mm-hmm. back there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they know they're a completely different team. We've seen it with Liverpool right. as well. They get Leg smacked two. by Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. You think it's smacked by Barcelona 3-0. Next thing you know, it's one of the greatest upsets of all time. And to your point, I don't think it's an advantage for the road teams. I think it's just that the home teams don't have an advantage anymore, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think because the advantage is that you have your teams and fans rallying around you because you fill up 60,000, 80,000 people. It is an atmosphere that really gets to players. It's not like over here where they play each other so many times, like, oh, you're playing three away against the Phillies when you're the Mets, for example. So you're used to that environment. Some of these players, they're not always in this league. They only play it the one time. So they it gets to them when you go play Bayern Munich or you go play a Dortmund because you're like, oh, oh God, like this is like their stadium. And, and it gets to these players and, and, and even the players at home rally around that. And I do think there's truth to it. And we've actually seen it now, right? The numbers are backing it up that only 40% of the home teams are winning their games this far. So, uh, so I do think that's a main factor in it. But, I mean, that's what makes it all the more difficult now, right? Because something that we thought we could rely on isn't reliable. Last one for me. Let's try and figure this out then, Martino. You know, if this home pitch advantage is not coming in because of stands. You know, I made the same point when we were looking at the NBA playoffs. And I said, like, hey, the Miami Heat are like 27-2 and at home. But they're not going to be at home. The 76ers are similar, right? Dramatically strong home records. Can you give us a few examples, whether it's in the Premier League, whether it's in La Liga, whether it's in Bundesliga, a team that does rely on that home crowd advantage? I know, for example, Dortmund have like the yellow wall up and that's not going to happen. Dortmund's a pretty good club though, regardless, right? Are there clubs that are you know, kind of maybe sitting sixth, seventh, eighth in the table, but are good at home and they will not have their home fans. Like, where do you think this impact is more than in other places? Whether it's in England, Spain, or Germany, what teams do you think are more susceptible to get picked off at home without the fans? I, I, I don't know. I Personally, I, I think in the Premier League, like I was mentioning before, I don't think it matters as much okay. as these other leagues simply because they don't have that mentality over there. They think anybody can be had. So that's what makes it a little bit more difficult. But in Germany, I think it matters a little bit more. And see, the extent is with Dortmund, I would have said them, but yeah. it doesn't matter because they're that good regardless. Right. 
Um, I think I would maybe lean towards some of, you know, the more traditional teams. I think a team like Schalke would hurt more okay. from this um, because they they just been dreadful. So, like, a lot of the time, at least they rally around their crowd. They, they get more defensive and they don't allow any goals at best because they're not scoring any. They're that bad like that. Um, I think certain teams in La Liga might hurt from this. I think, uh, like, squads like Sevilla... I think mm. it's more of the teams that are on the like right at the third or fourth spots right. in the Champions League, a little bit more mid-table stuff. But in terms of the top teams like Real Madrid, Barcelona, it doesn't matter. They can play anywhere. They're going to be as good and probably be the favorite for the game. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like when we, me and Kevin and I just did the Thursday night football schedule for the NFL, mm. right? And like if the Chiefs are on the road for Thursday night, we might not matter. You know, but if there's a spot like the Denver Broncos on the road Thursday night, that may be the difference of them winning and losing the game. All right, Martino, thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us again. We appreciate it. We'll have you back sometime, maybe next week or two, once the Premier League, La Liga Mm. and some other leagues in Europe get started. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes for us. So, Kevin, as we turn forward, we only have about a minute left in hour number one. And as I said, in hour number two, we are going to turn our attention to the Denver Broncos. But what do you think about this this trend that road teams are getting it done in Bundesliga? It's this weird thing where I was, you know, if you remember the first thing I said when it kind of yeah. we recapped that first week, I'm like, I don't know, the road favorites thing's working yep. for us. So I know we're going to give it another whirl at Leverkusen and at Freeburg, man. Like, I think for me, for them to drop the ball the way that they did um, in that in that most recent matchup against Wolfsburg at home here. But it's what a difference this is now. We have to, you know, adjust. I cannot tell you that I like Leverkusen to beat Wolfsburg because they are home. I and almost I am better off arguing that I like Leverkusen over Wolfsburg despite being home. But now they're on the road here to Freeburg. And I think that that's something that should allow Leverkusen to make up for what was a costly three points dropped. All right, they're at minus 145 to get it done today on the road at Freeburg. We'll obviously check in on that. Hour number two coming up, we talk Denver Broncos here on the early line. We'll be right back. You should too. Come on back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 